Hello and welcome to a very special episode of BL Podcast. I am Nivedita Varadarajan. You all know that the responsibility of keeping the environment clean and safe for sustainable life does not solely lie with the government. The responsibility lies with all of us at the institutional level and the individual level. With rapid industrialization, uh, there's been a spike in pollution and every single sector has become a polluter in some way. In recent years though, corporates have started to use their resources better. They started to invest in clean technology and they've become more socially and environmentally conscious and they've also started to focus on governance. Immediately, I think of two recent examples in which uh, companies are starting to be environmentally friendly. One is Cyan, which recently said that they want to become carbon and water neutral by 2025. Another example I can think of is uh, Mukesh Ambani's RIL, in the recent AGM said that they're going to focus on solar power generation, hydro, hydro, uh, pro, uh, hydrogen production and e-fuels. They're planning to invest a lot of money on this, about 75,000 crore rupees over the next three years. This actually ties well with their long-term plan, uh, where Reliance try, uh, wants to become a net carbon uh, zero company by 2035. It is not just Reliance, Tata, Mahindra, ITC, ACC, Adani, Dalmia Cement and 24 other companies have uh, want to become carbon neutral to fight climate change. They said this in November 2020. Infosys is already a carbon neutral company. I'm joined today by uh, Rahul Prithini, Director Crystal Research, who's going to... Uh, uh, Crystal has been tracking ESG performances of various sectors and companies and they released a report on it. Rahul is going to help us understand how uh, corporates uh, are looking at the environment, the society and their governance and how all of this ties to a bigger picture. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Rahul. Thank you, Nivedita. Um, so, Rahul, what exactly is ESG? I know it stands for Environment, Social and Governance. So, what is it all about? What are you tracking? So, uh, Environment, Social Governance, is, I think, has become a buzzword of late. And at the core of it is, I think, increasing recognition that companies do not uh, operate in vacuum. They take from the environment and people and they employ people, affect lives beyond who they directly serve. In addition to the financial assessments that we do, uh, there is also an element of sustainability in terms of the business and the environment and the society uh, it exists, uh, the company functions in. So it is imperative for the businesses to kind of uh, consider the uh, importance of you know sustainable uh, investment, responsible investment. Look at practices and of the companies uh, from a uh, from a overall perspective. In addition to some of the financial parameters that typically investors look at, so companies which are scoring well on some of the sustainable, responsible, and ethical practices uh, clearly are the ones you know who will be winners in the longer term and will provide long-term value creation for all stakeholders. And from a longer-term perspective, in addition to financials, this has become a very important factor in the overall investment thesis. And as we speak, you know, we increasingly see more and more institutional investors looking at you know, more ESG-compliant funds, and they want to channelize investment in companies which are more ESG-ready, and that clearly reduces the sustainability risk from an overall operational point of view. And the same has to be incorporated in their, uh, in their own decision making. So that clearly is something that, you know, a lot of investors are looking at very, very closely. 
and the recent events post covid has increasingly increased focus uh, on sustainability as we move ahead going forward how exactly has covid impacted the corporate social responsibility of uh, companies we know that many companies in india and around the world are helping provide uh, healthcare materials and other uh, uh, facilities to people who are in need but what exactly has covid done to change the overall uh, situation so i would say clearly there was a realization of among corporates to work closely with the society and uh, from the government standpoint also uh, the contribution towards csr was something which was made mandatory uh but post covid there is a increasing realization and a direct connection where people have seen impact of covid on the employees and their families and their value chain and their customers and how critical it is to make a difference and very often you know and for many corporates at times uh concerns with respect to operation sustainability doing good to the overall environment piece has become more and more prominent and the importance and the need for the same uh, has become even more pronounced as you know in many uh, uh, many companies uh, they have seen lot of their employees suffer from very close quarters so they have done a lot to kind of you know help the employees out in terms of you know their commitments in terms of supporting the healthcare related needs of some of their employees so we clearly see the focus coming back and also from a overall operational readiness point of view uh, you know it has brought in focus of how sustainable uh, are the operations how they can manage in a tough challenging environment is also something that has really come to the fore and it has become uh, key uh, key decision making point in you know business continuity planning for corporates and accordingly they have kind of realized the greater importance of sustainability so uh, tell me if i'm understanding this right uh, esg is about cutting pollution preserving biodiversity uh, biodiversity and recycling it's also about how the companies reach out to the community and how it treats its own workforce right right so uh, how did this concept actually evolve so i think clearly we are seeing over the uh, over the years i think globally uh, what we have clearly seen is companies which are successful over the longer term i think take good care of all the society in which they operate in typically you know a lot of companies which are operating in segments which are not environmentally friend, uh, friendly i think over the years have realized the risk to their own businesses and as a result what we see is uh, as a result what we have seen is many of them have faced issues with respect to uh, clearances there have been local protests we have also seen emission related incidents in many uh, uh, many companies that we have seen incidents with respect to oil spills so we have seen many areas where you know companies operations have got impacted then on the social front we have seen uh, you know companies who are employing child labor how they have kind of you know suffered over a period of time so many of those considerations have kind of you know built up over the years on the governance piece also we have seen multiple failures over the years globally i think right from the early cases of enron and we've seen multiple other examples where governance structures have kind of you know failed so in the last 10 12 years i think there is a greater realization at a global level itself that you know esg should be a critical evaluation parameter over and beyond the financial parameters that we regularly consider 
and as uh, increasingly institutional investors have got more and more abreast uh, uh, with the esg uh, related requirements more and more uh, taxonomy and codes have evolved globally and increasingly you know we are seeing large institutional investors focusing on this element very very closely as part of their overall evaluation process and as a result uh, you know companies who are tapping foreign capital both domestically and abroad are incre- increasingly facing issues uh, on that front so as a result you know it has become front and center of decision making in addition to the regular you know assessment of financial metrics you talked about enron and how the issues are there how did it evolve in india uh, is there something the government did um, the regulators did so even in india what we have seen is from 2015 onwards they brought in the brr code that is the business responsibility reporting where they had to uh, where the corporates had to report on lot of the parameters which are linked to employee society uh, the environment piece so there were initial you know inputs that were brought in then along the way on the governance piece i think we have been regularly evolving uh, our uh, you know governance structure with sebi coming up with various rules we had the quota committee which kind of you know uh, came up with their own recommendation there was uh, the L- the revised lodr which came through in uh, listing obligation and disclosure requirement uh, related uh, document which kind of you know defined some of the governance standard so they had evolved and increasingly you know various agencies of the government be it you know state central government on the environment piece as well as many so- social pieces local labor laws etc they have come up with many uh, different different uh, laws kind of you know enabling better development of the society as well as you know protection of the environment and given the pollution levels and the global warming that we see i think increasingly there is a realization that india on its own part also has uh, multiple uh, commitments uh, globally and you have also seen you know our prime minister committing Uh, in a very big way towards solar power and also him having commitments to kind of you know get india uh, environmentally uh, ready and you know move towards a, a low low emission scenario and a low carbon uh, you know uh, footprint clearly that is also we see the push coming through quite centrally uh, with uh, over the last 5 7 years so um, i want to talk to you about some of the interesting aspects i found in your report one thing i found uh, which was very interesting is that the it sector and uh, financial and banking sectors have good esg scores is it right to say that these companies can achieve their environment targets better uh, and faster and probably easier when compared to others so uh, i think clearly what we find is from, as far as the environment piece is concerned uh, the overall industry is split into various segments one would be the services segment which are uh, which comprise of sectors such as it financial services then we have manufacturing sectors which are uh, you know light manufacturing sectors like you know capital goods uh, and also some spaces such as auto then you have very heavy manufacturing goods where in you producing you know heavy large capital goods then you move into industries such as steel cement which are again you know uh, large manufacturers so and at the other end of the spectrum you also have companies which are generating energy so which are into oil and gas exploration which are into thermal power so the degree of emission and the impact on the environment that each of them has is quite different so typically a services sector uh, will do relative in a relative assessment much better 
compared to a high emission industry like thermal power or oil and gas exploration or uh, you know oil and gas marketing so it clearly makes a very large uh, impact the sector in which you are present in so as a result what we see is due to the lower emission levels on the environment piece uh, some of the services related sectors that you mentioned score relatively better compared to some of the other sectors i talked about how infosys is always a carbon neutral company they did this by two ways one is by reducing their electricity consumption and the second one is to uh, get what energy they need by using renewable power is this the way forward for uh, services sector is this the lesson you can learn from infosys i would not want to go into specific company details but uh, clearly what we see is increasingly what we are finding is uh, at an overall level uh, uh, increasingly companies are finding ways to kind of making themselves carbon neutral use of more and more renewable energy in terms of the way they operate use of less uh, i mean this, uh, disposal of plastic e waste uh disposal of hazardous material greater use of recycling is something that we see across the board in various corporates so this is something is uh, which is there you know as a trend which we expect to continue even from a community standpoint i think uh, clearly more and more uh, companies and corporates are looking at uh, uh, ways in which you know they can support the communities and move ahead so that's the experience that we are likely to see even going forward on the environment piece specifically i think people are looking at you know ways in which they can offset the carbon production at their end by actually you know use of various uh, various means with respect to you know either doing uh, uh, either uh, you know using renewable energy doing more and more replantation to kind of you know reduce the overall carbon footprint it is kind of impossible for some sectors like you said to become carbon neutral like oil and gas industry metals and some fmcg products like alcohol and cigarettes so what can these sectors do to help uh, help the, uh, to become more environmentally friendly especially oil and gas because even recently there was this big uh, spill in florida and there was this huge co- uh, commotion about it and how they couldn't do anything to stop the spill in time as you rightly mentioned you know there there are sectors at one end of the spectrum which are more environmentally sensitive uh, compared to some of the other sectors but what we have clearly seen as part of our analysis is even within those sectors some of the sector leaders are taking lot of initiatives to kind of you know ensure that their own emission levels are lower they employ you know uh, equipment which help them reduce the uh, energy footprint uh, reduce the degree of consumption they have increasingly use of renewables so they can employ many of these uh, strategies to kind of at least be leaders within their sectors and some of the sector leaders in segments such as you know thermal power they are yeah. actually you know uh, uh, if you look at the overall you know evaluation they are actually very close to some of the other sectors which are low on emissions like it and uh, financial so that clearly shows even in a sector which is supposed to be more uh, environmentally uh, sensitive you can you can still find companies who do a lot of initiatives on their own account and score really well uh, on some of these pieces although the larger point you know uh, all things being similar some of the sectors which are low emitting will always be, uh, tend to have you know a slightly better performance compared to the environmentally sensitive sectors so uh, my next question to you is about uh, the push for renewable energy how much can corporates 
both the high polluting ones and the lower ones uh, how much can they push renewables to become more environmentally conscious i think that clearly is a way to go and the uh, the starting point over there is first tracking the amount of renewable energy that you are using and then kind of you know figuring out ways how you can expand it i think a lot of corporates are doing it very well and in few cases we have found uh, some of the entities you know they are actually having more than 70% of their uh, uh, electricity consumed actually comes from renewables so clearly yeah. we are seeing this move and as more and more companies set targets towards going towards net zero i think we will see more and more uh, on that front uh, how about investments in uh, uh, in renewables are people who are not traditionally in the renewable space going to enter like reliance or will they be like more push like uh, tata powers recently said that they are going to look at uh expanding their renewable cap- uh, capacity but they're going to not expand their thermal capacity is that is that what's going to happen in the sector so i think increasingly what we'll find is there will be a much much stronger push towards renewable energy though i i think you know even uh, non renewable energy sources will be there and uh, they will play a role but clearly renewable energy sources will start to play even greater uh, gain greater and greater prominence and they'll be increasingly focused and a lot of capital will chase uh, some of these segments and we've already seen you know how the pricing for renewable energy has reduced with more and more battery solutions coming through going forward i think clearly we'll see a greater push there so there will always be need for some thermal uh, power that is not uh, that's something that one cannot rule out but there'll be a greater and greater push from all the corporates and some of the leading names that you mentioned they have that realization already there in your report you talked about how private companies perform better than public sector companies when it comes to governance what can the government do to remedy this because like in india the economy is still powered by uh, psus so what as part of our governance evaluation so what we have assessed is uh, from a governance standpoint Uh, what we try to look at is the whole decision making process and the uh, independence that is there on the board so that plays a very very critical role in the overall uh, decision making process and safeguarding interest of all uh, shareholders so uh, what we clearly see is uh, the degree of uh, independent directors and the appointment of some of the independent directors very often is delayed in some of the uh corporates and 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 some of the categories that you mentioned like psus where we have seen you know there can be delays in appointment of directors mm. so as a result what we have seen is the uh, the degree of independence on some of the boards is relatively lower so to that extent you know as the appointments uh, happen more frequently and regularly i think we will see uh, movement on that front too so how do psu stand when it com- when compared to private companies on the social aspect because the entire point of having a, the government in business is to ensure that the society benefits right so how do they stand in comparison with private companies on the social piece in many segment sectors i mean i can take one example like the banking space for instance social reach and access to finance uh, is very very critical element and what we have clearly seen is uh, the whole financial inclusion agenda of the government uh, is something that some of the psus have carried uh, forward very very strongly from the social angle so uh, that clearly you know helps uh, in the overall reach uh, availability access to finance uh, things related to wage equality in all those areas i think some of the psus do very well uh, compared to some of the other corporates
earlier you talked about how uh, the focus of uh, big institutional investors is going to be on uh, in uh, on esg uh, in your report you say that 100 trillion dollars uh, uh, is going to be uh, people are going to fund esg and it will be 113 sorry 100 trillion dollars by 2030 how much of this money will come to asia which is and africa which are developing markets and how much of this money will come to india so we clearly believe i think uh, in the overall scheme of things uh, there will be substantial uh, incremental investments that will happen towards you know esg related uh, activities and we are expecting the fund flows to be in excess of 15% cagr over the next 4 5 years which will outperform all other categories uh, significantly by at least 3 to 400 basis point and we believe there is a very large uh, large footprint of esg related funds and increasingly as we speak to more and more institutional investors pension funds people who invest in the private equity space increasingly what we are finding is their uh, their evaluation process continuously involves you know understanding uh, the companies uh, from a esg perspective and they have uh, processes in place where they want to kind of you know focus only on investment in this segment and this plays a very critical role in evaluation of most overseas global funds so it will continue to become more and more important uh, more and more uh, prominent and important and some of the corporates on the domestic side also will have to kind of you know follow this uh, process even going forward in order to get, get access to funds which is relatively low cost and uh, you know we are already seeing uh, the proliferation of green bonds uh, with with many companies you know having uh, raised green green bonds in the overseas market so we only see this trend accelerating and it is not just on the equity side even on the debt side and the lending piece and i think increasingly what we also see expect is some of the players on uh, even on the lending side now are increasingly going to focus towards responsible lending and from their perspective also you know uh, from a responsible lending lens standpoint we are increasingly seeing uh, them you know fact uh, going to uh, factor some of the esg related aspects in their overall decision making matrix so what do these large investors look for they clearly as i said uh, look for companies uh, uh, in terms of their investment portion uh how how much is esg as part of the overall uh, investment portion of the company what is the kind of practices with respect to uh, environment friendliness on the social front again from a employee worker value chain customer standpoint what are the kind of practices the in, uh, investee companies follow on the okay. governance piece again what are the kind of practices that the companies are following so they are evaluating it very closely and they are also playing a very important role of stewardship uh in fact uh, the government has also announced the stewardship boards for uh, regulators such as cfrda irda again where they will play a more active role in kind of you know influencing corporate uh, decision making and you know focusing on the sustainability aspect so all these are very very important uh, kind of you know landmark that have happened over a period of time and we are likely to see more and more uh, you know uh focus of uh, companies and fund were looking at the practices followed by those in individual investee companies to take care of any risks which are appearing on the environment front 
social front and also uh, ensure you know good governance from their standpoint i'm glad you talked about uh, how the government is using irda and the rbi to promote esg what exactly is the government doing so i think uh, the government has taken multiple steps uh, over the years right from you know ensuring uh, uh, ensuring reporting and disclosure they are also looking at many areas so for instance if i can give you some examples mm -hmm. the government from their side is looking at you know pushing electric vehicles greater use of renewable energy then they have clearly you know have have introduced various rules for waste management and emission control uh, then also you know you would have recently heard of discontinuation of old vehicles which are more than 15 years old so from their side i think the government is pushing on the environment piece on the, the labor policies also you are already aware the Sorry? new the new labor policies also that will also help uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. giving both yeah, like yeah. upgrading our labor laws yeah 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 so, so clearly labor policies are there in addition you have uh, the corporate social responsibility mandatory spending of 2% of profits uh, mm -hmm. that is something that we do then there is a reservation for women for gender balance as far as education is concerned then in uh, there are multiple rural uh, area development programs then uh, in priority sector lending uh, the government has introduced things such as you know affordable housing hospitals etc increasingly then lower stamp duty for women as far as you know if they are buying homes so some of those things on the social front also the government has done then similarly you know there are multiple initiatives the government has taken uh, under the lodr on the governance front okay um should the government be considering like a green tax for highly polluting industries or certain tax concessions for companies which are socially conscious should that be uh, something in their thinking so i think clearly we'll have to see how the uh, uh, environment is going to shape up going forward in terms of companies and the disclosures and how uh, the practices of the companies evolve the government from their side have already kind of you know done enough in terms of you know incentives that are there for corporates to kind of you know follow some of these sustainable practices and also from a cost of capital perspective investment availability perspective many of the corporates on their own would have to focus on some of these kind of you know initiatives uh, rather than you know just looking at some kind of a negative taxation because at the end of the day we need all the sectors and we need uh, and india being you know a growing country we will need a manufacturing footprint so we'll need to you know strike a you strike a balance between you know uh, manufacturing being in heavy emitting industries it's just that you know how the same can be regulated and the impact of the same can be reduced has to be looked at very very closely uh, i like to talk about investments which is the final final part of our, my podcast uh in your survey you say that most people are not looking at esg while making their investments and even if they do they look at governance more than they look at the environment and the social impact so but then you also say a very important thing that companies which have better esg scores tend to perform better than the ones to do, who don't why is this happening so i think uh, very often uh, from the survey that we did with some of the investors i think very often uh, uh, from their perspective uh, you know the availability of information acts as a big constraint in addition what we also see is uh, in terms of uh, the overall uh, you know esg assessment process 
in terms of it requires a bit of expertise so very often they do have not built in the expertise internally so those two factors kind of you know act as a big uh, hindrance for you know implementing the same and on the other piece that you mentioned about performance i think various studies globally have shown uh, that you know uh, companies with a greater esg quotient have lesser uh, i mean uh, i i would say lesser uh, sustainability risk because many risks with respect to environment uh, the incidents that we just discussed regarding oil spills and other things they can be relatively better uh, managed and better handled so in that context clearly what we have seen at least uh, in some global research clearly uh, that uh, the, there has been clearly an outperformance of uh, companies with a relatively high esg quotient uh, our early indications are based on our early analysis is also indicating to the same but we would still want to see it over a medium to long term to kind of you know uh, make a definitive comment on it but uh, i'm sure you know uh, given the priority of sustainability there will be a direct correlation between the uh, financial performance uh, and as well as the esg related metrics so is it safe to say that companies which have good or great esg scores are uh, their fundamentals are better than the uh, the ones who don't is it fair to say it? so uh, the evaluation that we have done is based on you know publicly available information what they have reported in public domain and uh, and their disclosure practices that they follow so depending on the disclosure practices and uh, publicly available information uh, the scores have been computed so in many cases what we have found in companies or uh, do not have very strong disclosure but as disclosures etc improve and as the government implements the brsr for the top corporates i think there will be a lot of uh, you know change in reporting and as companies disclose more and more information i think it will be one can arrive at a much better benchmark uh, on that uh, aspect with improved disclosures and with improved disclosures i think we will see a, a, a general you know uh, improvement in standards which could again lead for us to you know have better correlations between companies and do a better you know relative assessment uh, so finally my last question is this this probably what most of our listeners are waiting for how does one invest in a company which is environmentally and socially conscious there are a lot of esg funds out there how do you decide which one you should invest in so i think uh, from a investing standpoint i think uh, most of the funds which are there in the market i think they have clearly uh, articulated their own process of selection of companies some are following a exclusion policy some are selecting based on their own internal assessment framework and some have provided uh, details and literatures around it and of course in addition to the various other metrics uh, one can track their performance too although the uh, track record is not very long but one can use uh, some of the information that is available and also look at uh, the portfolios that are there uh, in their uh, portfolio uh, look at their portfolio companies and also look at some of the external uh, you know uh, scoring agencies what they have kind of you know scored some of the companies which are you know having higher weightage in those funds and based on a relative assessment i think investors can uh, you know take the decision where to invest and which fund to follow Thank you so much Rahul uh, for joining us today to explain your report. I would highly recommend everyone gets catch hold of this copy because it's uh, quite an interesting. Thank you for joining us.